Okay, so let's try this again. I am on a learning curve, so bear with me today. So we, again, are talking about identity. Somehow I managed to delete all of that I just said. So we're gonna um, just move along with this. So I was reading from Genesis 1 and 26. I prayed and everything, and I just wanna give God glory today because it is in him that we live and have our being. Now, Genesis 1, 26 says this, and God said, let us make man in our image after his likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have domain over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And so let me just get right to it since I have already talked probably about 10 minutes and deleted all of it by accident. So I just got to, you got to laugh to keep from crying, right guys? So today's um, scripture that I want to share with everyone is coming from Colossians, the book of Colossians chapter three, verses one through three. And it reads, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth the, on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Um, I just want to, uh, and I think I read to verse 4, so I do apologize. I just want to um, touch on identity today and knowing who you are. We were created in God's image and after his likeness, okay? Uh, this scripture here in Colossians references some other things that we need to know. First of all, if you were baptized in the name of Jesus or in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, you are dead to sin. The former man is dead. You were once, according to Romans, I believe chapter six, go to it and read it for your own knowledge. You were once slaves to sin. You are no longer a slave to sin because when you had your baptism, you went down in what we call a watery grave. So everything about your old man, your old nature died. You are born again, a new creature. And so you're entitled as a son of God by the spirit of adoption, where we cry, Abba, Father, according to the word. You are entitled to everything that a child of God, a son or a daughter of God is entitled to. So just know that you have no condemnation because of your past. It's covered under the blood. Matter, as a matter of fact, let's do it now. Let's renounce our past and the sin and guilt of it. It's covered under the blood of Jesus. We cover our old sinful past, our old sinful nature under the blood of Jesus. We cover it. We renounce our past. Our past has no, uh, no, uh, no, uh, Lord help me, Jesus. It has no control over our future. We don't reference who we are by our past. It does not have control. We do not pay homage to it. We do not worship it. We do not think on it more than we should. We renounce the past and all the sins of our past. We are new creatures. So therefore, everything we did to anyone or they, they did to us, and we release people that have hurt us when we were in our old sinful nature, and we let go of the past. We, go, we let go of our former identity. Even the things that we've repented for as believers as since we've come into the body of, and the knowledge of Christ, 
And we declare and decree that we are new creatures and we're going to walk in the fullness of it. The manifestation shall come forth in the name of Jesus Christ. And I just want to talk about what the Holy Spirit gave me today. The Lord gave me this word today. It's a phrase or two, an open compound word. It's inalienable rights. And I want to just read the definition to you. It says, and I got this from dictionary.com, which is one of my favorite apps to go to on my phone. It's not transferable to another, nor is it capable of being taken away or denied. So you have rights. And I'm going to read you the next definition. It says natural, excuse me, natural rights are those that are not dependent on laws or customs of any particular culture or government. So that's what inalienable rights mean. Inalienable, um, inalienable, um, Lord help me say the word, uh, but this word is very important to every believer. Grab hold to that. Okay, so we have inalienable rights. Let's recording is going through or not, but we have inalienable rights. And if you are getting this, if this is going through, this is a, um, a learning curve. Bear with me. I will read this, uh, connect or delete anything that is being um, duplicate recording. But uh, for whatever reason, I have to go over this over and over again. Let's go over again. So when someone gives you up for adoption. You don't know who your natural parents are in most instances, especially like if you're abandoned at a, a church doorstep or if you're abandoned at a police station or a hospital and no note is left with you. Like, this is my child. My name is this. I gave my child up. Um, anything like that. You don't know who your mother and father is. So it's hard to understand your identity and know what is it you're entitled to. Let's say your parents become rich. They, le they left you and then over the course of their lives, uh, their life, their mother and your father, whether they stayed together or they separated, went their separate ways, over the course of their lives, one of them or both of them could have done very well for themselves. And when they die, they have, uh, they have status, they have wealth, they have, or just possessions to leave, an inheritance to leave behind, to bequeath to their children or whoever that is an heir to their estate. So there's this estate that you have um, the ability to tap into or receive as an heir because of the bloodline, the lineage that you belong to. Okay, so go with me on this. So you have identity, but if you don't know who your parents are, if you're not tied into the estate because you've been abandoned or you've been disconnected, you have no way of knowing what your rights are, what you're entitled to. Amen. So this goes with the spiritual realm. This goes to the core and heart of who we are, each of every one of us. We have an identity in Christ. Okay. Okay. And I need you to grab hold to this. So most of us who have been baptized, all of us, anybody who's been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, baptized in the name of Jesus, you understand that baptism is a demonstration that is necessary, but also is symbolic of something greater. And a lot of people don't learn this when they get baptized. Sometimes, sometimes they have an altar call. Some churches even do baptism right then. So if you've never been to church before, but you feel the pull of Christ, you go up, you get baptized, not knowing what it symbolizes and what it means. So let me give it to you today. If you've been baptized and this was not explained to you, the baptism represents 
that the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, his burial and resurrection, that is what baptism represents. So when you go down into the water, you go down into a watery grave, you are having a death, a symbolic death. So you be, when you, before you became saved and baptized in, in the water, you were a slave to sin. Your master had ownership papers to you. And that master was Satan. The, the sin was your master, okay? And they had ownership papers to you. But when you die, that slavery, that entitlement that your master had ends. Hallelujah, amen. So when that ends, you are no longer, they, they can't help, they can't touch you, they can't say, oh, I own you. You die. When you go down in that water, you die to sin. Just like Jesus died for all of us, took on sin for all of us on the cross. You die with Christ in that watery grave. That's symbolic, okay, of dying with Christ, okay, being dead to sin. And when you come out the water, you are reborn again. You are a new creature, alive into Christ, okay. So you have to understand this. You are alive into Christ, okay. You are alive and your life is in Christ Jesus from that moment forward. You do not have to be bound to sin because sin no longer owns you. So many of us are bound to the former defeated self, defeated life, but God in, never cre uh, created us with a defeated mindset or defeatist attitude. That was never our portion because in the beginning, he created us in his image and after his likeness, according to Genesis 126 through 28. Chapter one, verses 26 through 28 tells us that we have the ability not only to to um, that we are not only made in his image and after his likeness, I'm trying to flip there really quickly because I want to go here and I really want this to be understood. Um, I know I read this before, but I deleted it. I'm not sure if these recordings stuck. So I'm just going to go back there because I feel that it's necessary. Verse 28 tells us that God gave us the ability. He said he blessed them. Verse 20 says, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the air. That means that you, God blessed you from the beginning. And I'm going to try this one more time. I, this is. Okay. So we have inalienable rights. This recording is going through or not, but we have inalienable rights. And if you are getting this, if this is going through, this is uh, um, a learning curve. Bear with me. I will read this, uh, connect or delete anything that is being um, duplicate recording. But uh, for whatever reason, I have to go over this over and over again. Let's go over it again. So when someone gives you up for adoption, you don't know who your natural parents are in most instances, especially like if you're abandoned at a, a church doorstep or if you're abandoned at a police station or a hospital and no note is left with you like this is my child. My name is this. I gave my child up. Um, anything like that. You don't know who your mother and father is. So it's hard to understand your identity and know what is it you're entitled to. Let's say your parents become rich. They, let, they left you and then over the course of their lives, uh, their life, their mother and your father, whether they stayed together or they separated, went their separate ways, over the course of their lives, one of them or both of them could have done very well for themselves. And when they die, they have uh, 
they have status, they have wealth, they have, or just possessions to leave, an inheritance to leave behind, to bequeath to their children or whoever that is an heir to their estate. So there's this estate that you have um, the ability to tap into or receive as an heir because of the bloodline, the lineage that you belong to. Okay. So go with me on this. So you have identity, but if you don't know who your parents are, if you're not tied into the estate because you've been abandoned or you've been disconnected, you have no way of knowing what your rights are, what you're entitled to. Amen. So this goes with the spiritual realm. This goes to the core and heart of who we are. Each of every one of us, we have an identity in Christ. Okay. Okay, and I need you to grab hold to this. So most of us who have been baptized, all of us, anybody who's been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, baptized in the name of Jesus, you understand that baptism is a demonstration that is necessary, but also is symbolic of something greater. And a lot of people don't learn this when they get baptized. Sometimes, sometimes they have an altar call. Some churches even do baptism right then. So if you've never been to church before, but you feel the pull of Christ, you go up, you get baptized, not knowing what it symbolizes and what it means. So let me give it to you today. If you've been baptized and this was not explained to you, the baptism represents the, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, his burial and resurrection. That is what baptism represents. So when you go down into the water, you go down into a watery grave, you are having a death, a symbolic death. So you be, when you, before you became saved and baptized in, in the water, you were a slave to sin. Your master had ownership papers to you. And that master was Satan. The, the sin was your master. Okay. And they had ownership papers to you. But when you die, that slavery, that entitlement that your master had ends. Hallelujah. Amen. So when that ends, you are no longer, they, they can't help. They can't touch you. They can't say, oh, I own you. You die. When you go down in that water, you die to sin. Just like Jesus died for all of us, took on sin for all of us on the cross. You died with Christ in that watery grave. That's symbolic, okay, of dying with Christ, okay, being dead to sin. And when you come out the water, you are reborn again. You are a new creature, alive into Christ, okay? So you have to understand this. You are alive into Christ, okay? You are alive and your life is in Christ Jesus from that moment forward. You do not have to be bound to sin because sin no longer owns you. So many of us are bound to the former defeated self, defeated life, but God in, never cre uh, created us with a defeated mindset or defeatist attitude. That was never our portion because in the beginning, he created us in his image and after his likeness, according to Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Chapter one, verses 26 through 28 tells us that we have the ability not only to, to um, that we are not only made in his image and after his likeness, I'm trying to flip there really quickly because I wanna go here and I really want this to be understood. Um, I know I read this before, but I deleted it. I'm not sure if these recordings stuck. So I'm just gonna go back there because I feel that it's necessary. Verse 28 tells us that God gave us the ability. He said he blessed them. Verse 20 says, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the air. That means that you, God blessed you from the beginning.
Okay, I want to talk more about identity as the inalienable right that God has given us. Now, God has given us some inalienable rights. Now, in our current foundation, our founding fathers talked about inalienable rights, but our Heavenly Father spoke to me today about inalienable rights. And this is what he wanted me to have you understand that this is why you need to know who you are in Christ. Your identity in Christ has everything to do with how you access uh, your the power and authority to do, you perform your dreams and your goals, to access your dreams, to access your goals, because they're all rooted in Christ. So you really just need to understand you really need to just understand that it's very imperative to know who you are in Christ, to know that you are your father's children. Your father is a great and mighty king. He's sovereign. He's almighty. His name is great. Jesus died for you and I. He gave us uh, the ability to become rich. He became poor that we may become rich. Okay, so you are rich by way of Christ Jesus sacrificed by him coming to earth, walking among us, living, dying on a cross, being buried, being resurrected, and now being seated at the right hand of our Heavenly Father. We have such a rich lineage in Christ Jesus. We were created in his image and after his likeness to perform great and mighty things. Christ told us to do things or he said that we would do greater things than he did. And even in the last chapter of the book of the gospel of John, it says that there were so many things that Christ did, so many things he performed. And I'm just speaking, I'm just saying it in my own words, but I'll go to the scripture for you guys because I know that it's important. Some people say, well, where does it, where is that listed at in the Bible? Because I never read that. Or maybe you have, but you've overlooked it. But in the Bible, in the book of John, chapter 21, verse 25 says, this is the disciple Excuse me, verse 25 says, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. So Jesus did so many things and probably will be so impossible for us to receive with our finite mortal minds. Okay. So when we, and I was listening to Kenneth Copeland last night, when we are born again, we have a supernatural capacity and that hit my spirit. That hit my spirit. I received that because we have a supernatural capacity to, to understand and, and understand language. God is constantly speaking. He says, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word, by every word that proceedeth, not proceed. It. I'm old pastor say they preceded. He's still creating, but he's still speaking with the most important thing. God is speaking all day, every day. And that's how we know that he is alive and things are still going where the earth has not passed away. The heavens have not passed away. He holds them in the palm of his hand. He has all these things uh, richly aligned for you and I. And if we just tap into that supernatural capacity to not only hear from God, to receive from God, but there's a supernatural capacity in the spirit realm because we're spirit beings living in an earthly body. We have a spiritual capacity to obtain more if we will allow God to do it. We have to have faith. We got to stop saying no and rejecting God. A lot of times what holds us back is erroneous doctrine and also the fear of someone else getting more than us, the fear of someone surpassing us, the fear, the pride, the arrogance that we know everything, that we know God's total mind when our minds are finite. And, and, and it talks about, the Bible talks about how God is infinite. 
and that his ways are past finding out. His thoughts are high above ours, as far as the heavens is from the earth, as far as the east is from the west. Um, go to Isaiah chapter 55 and, and you can research that even more. But this, the point of the matter is this, is that you need to understand that God has so much embedded in us, in our spiritual DNA, because we are spirit man first. We are a spirit man with a soul that's in the house in our earthly body. We live in this fleshly body, but that is not the containment, the soul, soul the, sum, the sum total of who we are. That is just the beginning of the thing, okay? And so we need to really tap into it and receive what God has for us that we can really prosper in the things that God has called us to do. But you got to know that you're created in his image and after his likeness. We are his children and that he blessed us because in the beginning it says that and he blessed them. In Genesis 1 and 28 it says God blessed them he blessed us okay he blessed he created us he created us to be a blessing he blessed us he said and God blessed them and God said unto them be fruitful he blessed them and so I really just want to bless each and every one of you to know that we are spirit beings uh, that are not subject to the rules of the world and how they will have us live defeated or impoverished or malnourished because we have the bread of life we have jesus he feeds us but our identity is in him as well so we cannot continue to have these identity crisis or these identity issues because we are created in our father's image and after his likeness and we have to know that it's in him that we live and have our being Okay, he gave us inalienable rights. And I want you guys to understand that you have inalienable rights. Continue in that knowledge and understanding that you have this inalienable right. Okay, so God gave me that word for you today that he give, has given us inalienable rights as his spirit being children. We are not subject to the rules and laws of man because we listen to the rules and laws of our father, which is in heaven. And if their laws line up with his laws and a being, so be it. But if not, we have to just, we have to ignore it. We cannot let people make us feel rejected and abandoned and, and, and rebel against God because we're listening to the devil and these demons and these, these erroneous doctrine of men. We have to understand who we are. So, Verse 6 of uh, chapter 1 of Ephesians says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He have made us accepted in the beloved. My beloved sisters and brothers in the faith, keep the faith and know that you are accepted in the beloved. And I just thank God for His Son, His living Son, the one that reigns and still rules and sits on His right hand, our, our brother, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for these people today. I thank you. I bless your name. I give you praise. I give you honor. I give you glory. For this is a day that you have made. I rejoice and I'm glad. And Lord, forgive me if I went too far. If I got super excited, oh God, Lord, I pray that you will clean up me and clean up every hearer, God. I pray that you will break down the boundaries in our minds and in the walls of our beings oh god that's restricting your your access and restricting restricting your movement in our lives restricting the bound the boundless blessings that you're giving us lord we thank you god for the endless prosperity the favor upon favor that's not fair to most men that they believe that we shouldn't be this blessed but god is because we believe in you believe in your word we thank you for your word being true we thank you that heaven and earth will not pass away for you and I, for any other believer, anyone at the sound of my voice, I thank you, God, for those who hadn't believed before today that are now believers that now have their identity fixed 
that they are beloved of God, that God is loving, that God loves you, that God loves me. I thank you, God, that you're giving them the revelation of your love and that they are not bound to poverty, but they are bound to prosperity, prosperity and health and love and relationship and finance, whatever it is, God, however you cause them to prosper. I just thank you even now in the name of Jesus. I give you praise. I give you honor. I give you glory for this is a day that you have made. Cause us to delight in you. Let us rejoice and be glad in this day, oh God. And each and every day, let us have something to smile about, to rejoice about in the midst of the chaos and the confusion, in the midst of the concerns, oh God. Give us the ability to give you glory in all things at all times. Let us acknowledge you in all our ways. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. I, it's John 12, 31, people. The scripture I was telling you about just before I leave the broadcast. I want to tell you it's John 12, 31. So that scripture, you can meditate on it and understand who you are and the power that you have. John 12, 31. Let me end on this note and leave it with you to marinate on. And it reads, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Jesus said that over 2,000 years ago. Now was then. It's already been done and completed. And he said, now, then, it's past tense. The prince of this world. Hallelujah. 